Welcome to the Love is Viral show. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, the founder and CEO of Live Media and the creator of the Live Pocket Coach on the Apple App Store. Our premise at Live is simple. A healthier you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. Our guests include neuroscientists, therapists, professors, coaches, authors, yogis, speakers, entrepreneurs, and those who believe that a bigger, better life can be found at the intersection of mindfulness and science. Join me as we nerd out with a little bit of soul. The Love is Viral show is a live media production. Kinney Quarter believes that no matter what, all trauma can be healed. In her practice, she knows that while we all want healing, she only accepts clients that are ready to move forward from the need to rehash the past. Kinney is a national certified counselor and the world's number one clinical hypnotherapist specializing in financial therapy and stress management. In this episode, we discuss how the label of a diagnosis can limit our capacity to heal, ultimately holding us back from achieving more in life. Decisions we make from our subconscious versus conscious mind, how the power of visualization can be used to help us heal past trauma, why anger isn't bad, and why we should see it as a secondary emotion, offering us an opportunity to explore, and how hypnotherapy opens the door for us to see other options available when our brain is keeping us stuck in our old stories. Kine Quarter is the CEO of Presidential Lifestyle, a wellness company focused on wealth in all of its forms. She speaks to and consults with high achievers and their teenage children to help them overcome their feelings of dissatisfaction and unhappiness associated with putting money over meaning. Clients report feeling more at ease, at peace, and aligned with their money and life decisions after they join Kine's Presidential Experience Hypnotherapy Program. Let's dig in. Hi, this is Jeanette Schneider with Love is Viral, and I'm here today with Kene Corder. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am too. Um, Kene, you and I have had a couple of conversations, and the most recent one was my favorite because we actually went deep. Usually it was like every time we've talked, it's been about business stuff. Yeah. And then we talked, and I was like, oh, let's, you know, let's get on uh, one of the episodes, one of the Love is Viral episodes, and talk about this because I'm nerding out right now on neuroscience and Mm -hmm. mindfulness and all of this stuff. And I wrote a book that at one point in time was like, this is it. This is what you have to like really understand your past and heal and what have you. And as I'm learning more about neuroscience and I'm talking to different healers and different modalities, like I've talked Mm -hmm. to therapists and neuroscientists, I've talked to metaphysicians, you're a hypnotherapist and a counselor, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also practice metaphysics. That's how I got my start. Well, and all of you kind of, you agree. It's funny because no matter what the modality, it all comes down to there are ways to rewire yourself and understand yourself. And I think that the reason that it's become so interesting to me is that people who have to go back and heal their trauma, which I I, I think is valuable, um, a lot of times they get stuck in it. They, they, they stay there. And yeah. I'm like, I love the idea that there's other ways to do it. So tell me what like interests you about this subject. And like, we got like kind of fired up about it. Like, what brought yeah. you to this and why do you think it's so valuable? So what interests me is everything about it. Like it's one, I'm like you, like I'm just, I just completely nerded out about it. And I was like, oh, I want more, I want more, I want more. And so the more it evolves and the more it unfolds, the more I fall in love with it. So 
what you'll learn, what you're probably learning, and, and as a practitioner, what you begin to learn is that there is this framework, like you said, and, I, and I, it's like the container, and then inside the container, the contents, the contents changes. And so there's this constant, but then there's also this variety. Mm-hmm. And that's like the, the perfect formula for love for me. It's like some things stay the same, you know, enough foundation, enough structure there, but a lot of variety mm-hmm. because everybody's story is different. Your story is different. My story is different. We all have trauma. I haven't met a person that doesn't have trauma in their life. We all have it. It's just a matter of what that trauma looks like. Yours is by, you know, more traumatic than mine, but nobody can say that because we're both affected equally. Mm-hmm. And so I love that part about it. And then I also love that no matter what your trauma is or anybody else's trauma is, I can heal it. It can be healed. And that, that that container, that know that healing is possible is the best part about it. Like no matter how evil, because a lot of times trauma comes out in anger. Mm -hmm. And so it makes people become enraged and then they become evil. And you wonder how the little old lady at the end of the street got so mean. (laughs) (laughs) I've known her. (laughs) She was traumatized. That's how she got that mean. She wasn't born that mean. Yeah. Her brain said, I know how to protect you. Yeah. Well, I think it's like if we could look at each other from that perspective, just across the board as humans, right? If we could look at each other and and so many times it's just wound playing wound, especially in relationships, right? Whenever there is any type of struggle, it's usually not at all having to do with what's right in front of you, but it's all this the stuff that came behind. When you talk about this container, like that's interesting to me, right? Where you've got the foundational structural elements. I think, are you kind of referring to like, those things that you consider like what you're born with, like the gifts that you're born with, like what do you mean as far as like the structure is concerned? So as far as the healing goes, so mm-hmm. the what you, what I am bringing to the table. So I'm bringing, I use the same framework, whether I'm talking to you, you know, a white male, a black male, a, you know, Asian woman, it doesn't matter. I'm using the same framework. So the container that I'm using is the same is this healing container, right? But everything I pour into it Mm. is different. So imagine it like this. So this is the container, right? I can pour coffee in, still going to drink it. It's pretty much the same. still going to make me feel good. I'm going to quench my thirst or whatever, right? Can pour water in, still Mm -hmm. the same, right? And so this container is the healing. Mm -hmm. And no matter what I pour into it gets healed. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. Anything I pour into it gets healed. You can't bring me something that I can't heal because all wounds are healable. When you when you're like trying when you're working with someone and you're you're trying to understand what they need, is it kind of like a therapy session? Is it like t- walk me through because I know that you I don't think you have to it takes as long as right. traditional therapy is concerned, right? Right. So It's not like a traditional therapy session in the sense that one, I am intuitive. Like I speak silence. Mm -hmm. So I can hear what you're not saying. So you can come to the session and you can tell me about your boss or your manager or whatever, right? But I hear the mother treat me like this, right? The father treated me like this. My sibling treated me like this. This is Got what it. I'm hearing. Even mm-hmm. though you're talking about your coworker. You're know- playing out the same trauma that you've had time after time. Yeah. What's the, what's the kind of like, 
is there ever a moment where you kind of speak that and all of a sudden it like comes together or do you kind of have to slowly kind of walk someone through that? It depends on the person. Um, most of the time I ask for permission to tell them what I'm hearing. Like, this is what I'm hearing. Is it okay if I share mm-hmm. it with you? And most people say yes, even though they don't know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. Exactly. So then I just pour it out. And there are times when people are like, no, that can't be true. Like, no, I'm not saying that. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not saying that about my mother, right? She's wonderful. And I'm like, absolutely, your mother is wonderful. What your mother did or how, what she, how she learned how to treat you, that wasn't wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not taking anything away from wonderful mom. And she was born as an innocent little baby. And then one day she was traumatized. And the way she was traumatized created the experience she had with you. Mm-hmm. And that experience that she had with you, that was not okay. Mm-hmm. Mommy was okay experience was not yeah and so when I can break it down like that then they're like it takes the pressure off of having to say that my mom was quote-unquote a bad mother because she wasn't a bad mother yeah not at all she did the best that she could do with the tools that she had at the time do you feel like we have a tendency to want to label like I mean I feel like we have a tendency in modern day psychology to be like something is diagnosable or it's good or it's bad. And it seems like it's almost hard for people to understand the idea that it's kind of fluid, right? There are right. things that have happened that are bad, that are traumatic, but that doesn't necessarily mean like you're you're labeled or put in a bucket. Right, exactly. Um, people do like their titles. They like their diagnosis. And sometimes that makes them feel good to know. One, it puts them in a group like, oh, I'm in this group. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone, right? So they like that part. And then they also, the brain needs to know what it is to know what to do with it. And then there's the third part. We love being a victim sometimes. Mm. And then the diagnosis of, well, I'm ADD, can't do that. You know, well, dyslexic, can't do that. There's so many people that will use that, right? They're like, well, I mean, you have to work with my, and you're like, but there's so much here that we can do that's proactive. Yeah. When does it move from like in your, your work with people, when do you bring in hypnotherapy? Is that something where- Oh, I do hypnotherapy from day one, the beginning, every session. The only reason you come to me is for hypnotherapy. You want to call me, you want to talk about your problems. I'm not the right therapist for you because we're not doing that. So we're going to do some talking. Some talking happens, of course, but we're not here for two years psychoanalyzing what happened in your childhood because it's not necessary Mm-hmm. And the insight is not required for healing. If you want that, I advise you to go get it. But I'm going to refer you out because I'm just for healing, not mm-hmm. rehashing. So if you want to rehash, you want to relive and possibly re-traumatize yourself and me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have boundaries. <laughs> yeah. So that's what made me, hypnotherapy is what made me fall in love with trauma mm-hmm. therapy because like I said earlier, all of us have trauma. All of us want healing. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes we're not ready or we can't accept it or we can't um, agree to the healing, but we all want the healing. And once we agree or say, yes, I want the healing, or once the pain gets so unbearable that all we can do is go towards healing because we've, we've you know, accepted mm-hmm. way more than we can even handle, then we go towards healing. All of us want healing. I know this, but however... 
sometimes our people are in a place where they do want to talk, 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 because telling the story over and over and over again reminds them that the story exists and that makes them feel real. Mm -hmm. The story makes them feel real. They don't know how they're going to feel in healing because the brain sees unfamiliar as bad and familiar as good. No matter how much pain and suffering familiar is, the way the brain works is it sees that as good. And so because the brain is seeing familiar as good, you continue to go towards the victim, the story, right? That's familiar. I know this story. I'm going to tell it over and over and over again. And because the unfamiliar, that healing that that lady is talking about, that's can't be good because well, that's another life that they haven't even imagined yet, right? Like yeah. that's another. It's like that's a whole portal that I haven't even. I can't even wrap my mind around. And I think a lot of people show up and explain to you their stories because they don't feel like they can. They're of value unless they've struggled, like unless they've well, yeah, unless they're, they've overcome something. I've seen a lot of people who are like, I've gone through a lot of healing. I'm like, but you're still stuck in your story. You know, you're still, you're still hurting. Um. With, can you can you break down hypnotherapy a little bit? Like, is when you when you're working with them, is the change primarily conscious or subconscious? Like, are they aware of like, oh, I feel the shift, or is it more kind of like something that is happening on a subconscious level? Okay, so I'm gonna say this first. Um, you're making it a little bit more cerebral than it is. That's <laughs> what I do. I overthink. Okay. Yeah. So. Think of hypnotherapy as more, I'm going to use the word spiritual, but I don't mean it in the religiouses at all, mm -hmm. but that inner side, there's that inner person inside of you who hasn't been, who hasn't been able to get out. Right. And so hypnotherapy just opens the door. So the brain, like I said, sees familiar as good, unfamiliar as bad. So that means the brain is only focused here on unfamiliar. And what hypnotherapy does, it says, Oh, hey, brain, I know you only see this option. You keep doing this same thing. But guess what? I'm just going to go ahead and open this window here and let you see that there are like 12 other options out there. Mm -hmm. That's what it really is. So whether it's conscious or subconscious doesn't matter because all of your decisions are made from your subconscious anyway. I know we believe it's from our conscious brain, but our conscious brain didn't give, even get put in place until later. So what happened between zero and 14? Did we not make any decisions? Sure we did. We just made them from our subconscious brain. When we put our conscious brain became, when our conscious brain came online, then we started making conscious decisions and we could go back and rationalize and put things together and, you know, and, and add the past up and all of that. So in hypnotherapy, you know, longer going off of that same idea. It's like, mm. oh, you no longer have just one yeah. thought. Now you have all of these other options available to you. And a lot of them are going to be embedded in your subconscious brain because that is where we make most of our decisions, especially the emotional ones. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is we take that and we move it up to the conscious brain. So it, it will it'll exist in both areas. So it's not either or, it's both. And that's why when you're triggered, you're going into your amygdala, you're going right into your, sub, your subconscious brain and all of those memories. That's where you're going. But when you say somebody's name, you're saying that from your conscious brain, you know that. Oh, or Apple, if you say Apple, you know that's conscious mm -hmm. brain. It's not really subconscious brain. But if I wanted you to imagine an Apple, 
So as you're saying Apple, I also want you to imagine the Apple, that subconscious brain. So that we're using both mm-hmm. of those brains. So that whole idea that we only use 10% of our brains is just not true. The, the conscious brain is only 10%. And really, it might not even be that much. There are some who are arguing that it might even be 5% and the 95% is subconscious. Not only is Live Like a Life Coach in your pocket, but we have coaches in 3D as well. With our most recent upgrade, you can sign up for one-on-one coaching with a person on the phone who will hold you down, hold you accountable, and offer you perspective as you build your big, bad, beautiful new life. Apple users can sign up for our Premium Plus plan through the app or check out our next level and mastery options at loveisviral.com forward slash coaching. Android users, we haven't forgotten about you. Live Coaching is available to you as well. Just reach out to us at dearlive at loveisviral.com and we'll fill you in on all the ways Live can create with you. Live Pocket Coach, welcome to your life. Yeah, I'm fascinated by all of this, like all of the, the new studies that have come out about like how different areas of the brain are starting to light up based on kind of consciousness and studies that are being done. And just, I'm fascinated in all of it. I'm totally nerding out. I don't know a whole lot, so I can't say I'm smart about it yet, but I'm learning. Um, how, um, when you're- on that, on that note, I would say in that learning, the most important part of that learning to me, this is my opinion, is that the same place in your brain that you use to imagine something is the same place in your brain that you use to do it. So if I got up out of this chair and was like, I'm going to go make me a sandwich and I walk to the kitchen to make a sandwich and I come back and I sit back down, like the same place that that process is the same place that if I just close my eyes and I imagine myself getting up and walking to the kitchen and making a sandwich. See, I can already just start smiling because I'm thinking about the pastrami or whatever, right? <laughs> right. Because there's the same place in your brain. Your brain doesn't care if it's really happening or not. It's just like, oh, yummy. And what cheese are we going to use? You know, the brain is all in. And so the same place in your brain that you used to do, the real thing is the same place you used to imagine it. So can you imagine that amount of power? You can fool your brain into believing it really happened. This is why hypnotherapy works because it's memory reconsolidation because now you're remembering same place, memory and imagination, same place. So you're remembering this thing that daddy did. And instead, all I say is, what would you have liked daddy to do? I wish he would have just said, are you okay, baby? Here, come here. Let me Mm -hmm. give you a hug instead of yelling at me. Okay. Well, let's just imagine daddy said that. You dropped the thing, you broke it in pieces, you cut your hand, daddy yells out, I cannot believe you broke that, get in your room. But this time, replay that. You drop the thing, your hand's bleeding, daddy says, and then they say, oh, are you okay, babe? Mm -hmm. Here, come here, let me give you a hug. And now how do you feel? I feel loved. Mm -hmm. What do you need, what else do you need in this moment? I just need to know my hand's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, what would you like him to say? So we walked through that. And even though that's not really what happened, because we reconsolidated that memory, we just shifted that memory, the brain doesn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. That's it's fascinating. Like, okay, I'm loved. I'm not a horrible person because I broke the family vase or whatever it was. It doesn't matter. Right. That's like so fascinating to me. Is there any correlation between like that space in the brain and like visualization, like the power of visualization? 
Is that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you may have run across this story where there was a, I'm going to say a Russian scientist, and he took a group of Olympic athletes. And for part of that group, he had them do 75%, like actual working out and practicing and all of that stuff, physical work, and 25% visualization. Mm-hmm. And then he had another group do 25% actual working out and 75% visualization, just visualize themselves winning the gold medal, running the race or whatever, you know, getting to the finish line, having the fastest time, just visualizing it, seeing it and blah. And those are the ones that won the gold medals, not wow. the ones who did the actual push-ups or whatever. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love the idea. I mean, your, your brain is so powerful. And we don't give it credit. We all have this whole no. idea of like hustle, like you got to hustle, you got to grind, you got to do this stuff. And hard work is important. But at the same time, it's like, there's so much that we could do if we just harness this thing between our ears and, and did a better job. On I wanna... my podcast, we say, if you believe it, you'll soon see it. Right. Yeah. So if I can visualize it in my head, if I can say, oh, I know what it looks like to be on the Love is Viral podcast. I know what it's going to feel like when I just see it and I see it and I imagine it. The next thing you know, oh, I see it in real life. Here I am. Yeah. I love that. I um, It's so funny because I've noticed that a lot of times the conversations I end up having are like deeply correlated with the day that I've had. <laughs> so I'm like, that's so funny because this morning I was like, doing visualizations in my mind and like, all right, I'm going to, I'm really going to bring something specific in. And so it's just kind of funny that we end up having this conversation. (laughs) Um, I, sometimes I feel like the messages are for me. So it's hilarious. Sometimes that's how it is with therapy too. Yeah. 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 Well, and someone told me that some, like sometimes with coaches and therapists, it's like, I'm learning as well, like in the process, like I'm learning so much and taking on so much. Yeah. One of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about in in two different perspectives um, is the word anger. And I feel like this word has been kind of demonized, right? Like you don't want to be the angry this or the angry that or whatever. Yet so many, especially women, like you don't want to be the angry women, right? Oh, you definitely don't want to be the angry black woman. (laughs) And well, (laughs) so I'm seeing all these posts right now and everyone's talking about like, um, anger, like it's a bad thing. And I'm like, anger is information. It's, it's healing. And the converse in the second part of this question has to do with, um, with men and boys. We talked about the fact that sometimes they don't have other emotions to tap into, right? Their primary emotion is anger. So I wanted you to like, kind of tell me like, what's, what do you think that a healthy relationship with anger is? And what does it look like for men? And right now, I mean, we're in I don't even want to, I, I'm, this is a hopeful time, right? Like as we record this, we've got protesters, we see legislation happening, we see all of this movement around Black Lives Matter. And I keep seeing all these posts with people who are like, don't be angry, use healing. And I'm like, I think you can do both. I think you can be angry and use it constructively. So I want to hear what you have to say. Well, my philosophy is, first of all, that anger is a secondary emotion. It's not. It's not a primary emotion. It's not real. So you felt something that didn't get resolved and it went into anger. Mm-hmm. Anger is not first. It's never first. I was sad. I was disappointed. I was just scared. I was fearful, you know? So depending on what that primary emotion is, 
and it not being resolved is going to go into anger. It goes into anger a lot for men and for women, it goes first into resentment mm. before going into anger because we'll hold it in and, mm-hmm. and we'll say it in a way. And I told you I was angry. No, you said you didn't like, I don't like when you do that. That's different then I've hurt your feelings or whatever. So I didn't know that I hurt your feelings. And you thought by telling me you don't like when I do that, that I was supposed to understand that your feelings were hurt. And I didn't, and I didn't resolve that. So now you're resentful that I didn't, you held that in. And then finally, little old lady on the street, at the end of the street, now she's evil and angry because she held in all of those emotions. Mm -hmm. So... My, my philosophy is that first understand that anger is a secondary emotion. So if you have anger, there's something else that you've had before that and you need to get to that. And the relationship with anger is understanding that no anger is not bad. It's an, it's an opportunity to explore what else is there. Mm-hmm. So if you are angry, you're really going away from healing. So healing is over here. You That thing you felt and then you felt resentment and then you feel anger the next place you're going is rage Mm. and that's why you've seen some of the viral videos where people are yelling and screaming they're not resolving they're going the other way so Mm -hmm. if you have anger you can still heal you can go back and get some awareness around the original emotion Mm. and then that can move you towards healing but you got to understand what the original emotion was first and once you get that then you can heal. Now, going into the second part of your question with men and boys, us, we, society, especially mothers, we tell them, oh, don't cry. Stand up. You be a big boy. You know, that person hit you, you go back and hit them back. You know, we, we build them up to be angry. And we don't, we don't allow them to access. When they cry, ah, we're like, don't cry. Right. That's for girls, right? So anything associated with tears, even happy tears, you win the Olympics. You, Stoicism. You know. <laughs> exactly. I won. <laughs> I look mad, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just strange that one would not be able to express the rest of the emotions that are available to them because society says that the only one you're allowed to feel is anger because the rest of them are girl emotions. Yeah. One emotion, well, there are actually three emotions that men can feel, anger, greed, and lust. Mm, go figure. We, we give <laughs> those, and all three of those are negative. Well, and it's so funny that you say that because I'm like anger, greed, and lust. Like I picture, you know, these guys in their towers with their Ferraris and, you know, their multiple girlfriends and you're like, mm, they've been set up for this all along, right? And... <laughs> we accept it as a, like, as a culture that that's success or whatever. And I have a friend who's like, he's a historian and it's really fascinating because he told me one time, he's like, I feel that the breakdown with men is that there are no rites of passage or elders that teach them to like, there's no kind of like, okay, if you do these things and you show compassion and you lead and you do this, then that's, that's manhood, right? Like that's whatever. And instead it's kind of more that rageful, angry, like these are the only emotions you're allowed to have aside from like showing like um, almost like a, an array of characteristics of like character and virtue and whatever. And I just thought it's like a really interesting take. 
And the, there is a rite of passage. It's just not that one. <laughs> there is a rite of passage, though, because everybody says, what? You went out on a date with that girl and you didn't get any? You did, mm. You just let her go home, right? There's a rite of passage. And then they begin to lie. Oh, yeah, I hit that van, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't want to be known as the guy who went on a date and didn't get any, right? And so the rite of passage is there. It's just negative. It's just Oh, what? I can't believe you don't yeah. want to get money. Wait a minute. You didn't take that job for $100,000 or $200,000 or whatever. You turned down that job. Well, I knew I was going to hate it. They were going to ask me to do something that I wasn't capable of doing. I didn't want to do. Man, you better get that money. Yep. That's so fascinating because you think about it. Like so many of the problems that we have have been just because we've set up these kind of like yep. societal traps along the way. And we're all full of rage (laughs) at this particular moment in time. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's, it's incredible. Um, So so the message is there along the way, zero to seven, we set it up in those boys' brains that anger, lust, we, oh, he, oh, he likes the ladies, right? He's a heartbreaker. He's going to be a heartbreaker. Yeah. (laughs) And then when they do it, then we're like, ah, Oh, bad boy, right? Yeah. We set him up to do it. And that rite of passage was, oh, it's okay. And there was a rite of passage that says, hey, when that lady says this to you, believe her, you know, hug her, give her the space that she needs in order to be a lady. Let her keep being a lady. Don't push her into her masculine or don't push her into rage because now she's angry because maybe you're not the first guy who pushed her into this place. Yeah. So, mm. but they, they don't get taught that. And, so, and they're the leaders. So the woman is the leader while she's the mother, but she really is only the mother from zero to seven. And for those listening who have boys, you'll know this is true because he'll want to help. I got it, mom. You know, he, that's when he's no, he no longer wants to be mothered. Mm-hmm. He no longer wants to be mothered. He wants to now be Superman, superhero, take care. He's already moving in into his kingdom, right? He's yeah. already starting to take control. I got it, mom. You need this? this is a... Now, I'm not talking about when the mother has raised the little boy to be lazy and do nothing. Oh, I got it. I'll make your bed, honey. I'll do this. Because that does happen. A yeah. natural, normal little boy at around seven years old is going to want to be praised for his his strongness and his, you know, his, what he can do and his heroism. Mm-hmm. He's at that point, that's what happens. No longer it needs to be mother. Zero to seven, mother pours into him. Mm-hmm. And if she could pour in healthy, like, oh my gosh, you're going to be such a compassionate person. Yeah. Oh my God. Not a ladies man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. 100%. Yeah, my sweetheart. But I had, a, I had one patient where he told me that his mother was really harsh. She was in the military. And so whenever he would do something like really compassionate and sweet, like, you know, give a kid his toy or um, make sure all the kids at school had gloves or whatever, whenever he would do something really, really thoughtful, his mother's like, you need to focus on yourself and bring, you know, she basically was telling him all this love stuff you putting out in the world is going to get you hurt. Yeah. 
oh, we carry our parents' wounds. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy because it's so true. And like what you were saying, like we all have our own trauma. We all have our own messaging and programming, whether it's familial, generational, cultural, societal, whatever. We're all coming with stories that we didn't create. They were kind of gifted to us. Yeah. And I think for me, like the thing that's most important and that's why this whole platform is the idea of love going viral. It's like, you got to love yourself and work some of that stuff out, right? Like you got to figure out what's yours and what has been put in you. And then you have to find a new way. Like you've got to create so that you're influencing your communities and your children from a completely different vantage point that you created. Um, and, you know, with my hope with my daughter, it's funny, like we have these really deep conversations and she has a brother at her dad's house. And it's that whole like toughen up, don't cry with her brother. And so the other day she told me that he was sucking back tears. He's three. And she called him into her room and she's like, come here. She's like, you can cry in my room and you can tell me and I'll be your emotional helper. And I was like, oh, you know, like I was so proud of her yeah. for recognizing that. And I hope that that's a good influence on him. Um, yes. But it's, it's, we're just, we, we take on each other's stuff. Right. And I want to make um, a point that you were just making earlier. And that is fundamentally, yeah, we need awareness around our stuff versus other people's stuff and healing. Um, doing that on your own, you know, a bunch of podcasts, books and lectures and whatever workshops is doing it on your own is possible. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a very long and sometimes arduous process. Yeah, um, doing that with a professional, it, sometimes even especially a hypnotherapist, a clinical hypnotherapist, um, can shorten that process because when done properly, mm-hmm. healing can take place in a very short time mm-hmm. without a lot of um, deep hurt which is what a lot of therapists believe you have to experience in order mm-hmm. to heal. Even the therapist that I had for myself, that was her belief. I just knew differently. So um, I still got my healing, even though she didn't get her, um, her pain and grief. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm feeding off of it. Like, I love that. And I think that's so valuable because I think that was one of the things that I've noticed is like I went through my own healing process and it was years um, I did hire people throughout the course of that time. Some were not who I needed to listen to, right? <laughs> and you figure it out. And some were professionals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it helped me really get clear. But what I realized over time is that there was a point in time where my story no longer was my home. And that felt so good. Where when someone asked me a question, I didn't feel like I needed to tell them my why. Like even now when people try to interview me for my book, they're like, we'd like to have you on interview you and your book. We just found it. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that because the book was all about healing the past and, you know, exercises, which I think are valuable, but I think there comes a time where you have to put your story down and say, thank you, bless. I've gotten through that part. And now I want to see what's next. And I think, you know, that's why I'm so curious as to different modalities. Um, because I think we have more power than we give ourselves credit. And if we're not careful, mm-hmm. we become addicted to that whole victim blame mentality. And we can sit there for a long time and process awesome. all that anger that they say is okay to beat out on the pillow, which do you. But I think over time, you're kind of like, okay, <laughs> I'm good. Um, 
Anyways, yes. well, I want to thank you for being on the show. I have one more question for you that, you know, as I said, the whole platform is the idea that we make love go viral. So question for you, how are either you doing that in your life or what advice would you give to our listeners as to how to make love go viral? Oh, okay. I think that's a, the same question for me. Um, and it's two things. One is the program that I teach is called Control the Controllable. And really what Control the Controllable does is take you back to that innocent little baby. It just removes all of that stuff. And if you want love to go viral, me personally as a person, and then all of us, all, all people, we have to remove the stuff that took the love away because we were born loving and confident mm -hmm. and you know yummy and good. And then that got either chipped away at or it got blocked, like a bunch of stuff got piled on top of it. And so you got to kind of remove all of that stuff that was on top of it and put those pieces back together. And that's really how love will go viral, because when we're all whole and open, then we love. And so speaking of that right now, currently how I'm making love go viral is because what you spoke about earlier, we're in this time where, um, you know, we're off of the Me Too movement and, and then COVID happened and then the Black Lives Matter movement gain traction. And I put out a video, didn't know it would go viral, but um, it was all about love. And in the video, I say, you loving me is not a requirement for me loving you. Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to love you anyway. And at some point, you're not going to have a choice because this is the way love works. <laughs> you're like, damn it, I love her. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And so at some point you're going to love me back, but it's not required. It's not necessary. And even if you hate me, I'm still not going to hate you. I'm still going to love you because I already know who you are all the way at your core, even though you don't. Mm. That's deep. That's profound. That's like speaking to their tr the true person, right? right yeah. And and who you know they can become. And you're going to vibe them up whether or not they like it. <laughs> Yep, yep. You're like, I've got you exactly. You're coming with me whether or not you want to. <laughs> and it, it never fails every single time. And it, it, it's, it works so well every single time that I no longer, I don't know if you ever watched Allen Iverson or like a really good ball player, like certain baseball players, they hit, you know, when Frank Thomas hits, it's a home run. It's a freaking home run every single time it seems like, right? When Allen Iverson puts up that, he don't even have to look at his shot. He don't have to follow his shot. It's like he knows what it feels like and he can run back because he knows it's going back down the court because that's going in. And that's how I know how love works. So it's like every time I do it, it's like the same shot every time. Just do it again and again. I already know you're going to love me. So I just like put it up and I go running back down the court. <laughs> you find the next person. I love this because the person that I was interviewing before you, we were talking about the resonance of when you hit – a, a baseball bat and it, it connects you feel the resonance mm -hmm. a golf a golfer they feel the resonance and they visualize that and they practice that and they know what it feels like even if they're not actually in the moment of it yeah. and so yeah, I, I just, just got, got goosebumps, goosebumps because, because I mean it's it's, it's truly, truly about, about that, that resonance right, right? Like, like it's I know, I know that, that I'm going to put this out there and you're going to receive it whether or not you you agree it's just the law it's just the law I the law it. of love. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for being on my show today. If people want to follow you, where can they go? 
Uh, my favorite place right now is Instagram, but that's more like lifestyle. You see my lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, not the business, but the, Instagram is my favorite place. So I'm Kenae Quarter on Instagram. And um, my, my website is probably where you'll go if you want like more information on me, how to work with me. Um, and at the bottom of our website, we have a quiz. So you can go to presidentiallifestyle.com, take our free quiz. Um, or join our group. It's like a Facebook group, but it's more security and it's more exclusive and Facebook can't take us away and tell us what to say. Mm. So that's why we have our own private community. I love it. Thank you so much for being on with me today. I really appreciate you. And like, I love the whole, the law of love. I like that. (laughs) Thank you, Kenei. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the conversation today. I love Kanae's words of wisdom on the law of love, reminding us that you loving me is not a requirement for me loving you. Can you imagine if we had more of that in the world? You can find Kanae online at presidentiallifestyle.com and on Instagram at Kanae Corner. As always, please subscribe, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. We are always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at dearlive at loveisviral.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loveisviral.media or visit our website at loveisviral.com. Apple users, don't forget to give the Live Pocket Coach a try by downloading it for free for seven days. 